Greetings, Culture Vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Christmas Everest, the advent calendar that is now tantalisingly close to completion. I was looking at it, and I was actually, oh, oh, we're actually quite close now, thank God for that. Because, you know, I mean, I, I don't know whether I always do this when I talk on the podcast, and apologies if that this really like affects like the quality of the recording or anything. But I have noticed that I'm spending an increasing amount of time rocking backwards and forwards while I uh, <laughs> while I sit in my chair doing this. And I don't... It's 50 in 50 days. It is an extraordinary piece of podcasting. I mean, we definitely deserve some kind of award. We don't deserve an award. We're a pair of fucking idiots. Not for the content, necessarily. But... We shouldn't be. We should be chided. Well, yeah, there's plenty of that going to be going on. Put it out of place. <laughs> Today's episode is, very excitingly, I have to say, the Fat Albert Christmas Show from 1977. Yeah, you were excited about this, just to yourself. Well, because Fat Albert is one of these things that is absolutely central to so much of American culture and youth culture. But everyone in America grew up watching Fat Albert. The characters from Fat Albert are used as cultural touchstones, essentially. Yeah. Everything that happens in American culture presupposes a working knowledge of Fat Albert. The only time that I'd ever really seen it was the South Park parody, Fat Albert. Yeah. Which actually isn't too far different. But Fat Albert was... Let's not hide away from this. Fat Albert was an animated show... Yeah. Written and created by Bill Cosby. Yeah. Based on his own childhood experiences of growing up in North Philadelphia and with characters based on his friends. Yeah. Uh, hang around a clubhouse on a junkyard. Got Fat Albert, Mushmouth, Dumb Donald, Bill and Russell Cosby, Weird Harold, Rudy, and Bucky. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and a, and a cast of grown ups and supposedly responsible individuals yeah. as well. Let's clear the literal elephant from this room immediately. He is okay. morbidly obese. He really... I, I was not expecting him to be as fat as this. Yeah, I'm not talking about that in a fat-shaming sense. I think that there is a point when you're allowed to be concerned about somebody's weight from a health standpoint. And uh, I think that that's the case with him. He's He's past that point of it being... Well, in any he way, he, healthy. He's enormous in every regard. I think yeah. he could he could be suffering from gigantism as well. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, he's, he's got a big he's got a big heart. He does have a big heart, but he's also seems to be three times taller than everybody else. Yeah. And I tell you what, the other thing about him, yep. is obviously he goes hey hey hey. He does, which you're you were delighted about, and you what? have periodically throughout the entire day. Been yeah, yeah, sending yeah. me messages just saying hey hey hey. Well, yeah, I like the catchphrase hey hey hey, but I think what I love most about I knew that 
Fat Albert said, hey, hey, hey. I already knew that going in. Yeah. But what I was delighted by in this episode is at one point Fat Albert is sad. And he says it in a sad voice. And he voice. says it in a yeah. sad voice. Yeah. But the thing, and that's the thing is that it's completely overused. Within about five minutes, I was absolutely, utterly, utterly sick of it. And I was just like, my God, will he just stop saying that? I'll tell you what's underused. What? You could argue it's still overused, but it's, I think, relatively underused is the laughter track, which occasionally pops up and you go, oh, yeah, there's a laughter track on this. Yeah, well, this episode was deemed to be quite light on laughs or they just forgot they had it. I'm very interested in this because I'm very interested in, in canned laughter and studio audiences and like these things that television programs do to create atmosphere. And I wonder to myself, as I wondered this afternoon, actually, when I was watching Fat Fucking Albert, <laughs> I wondered to myself, what percentage of people who've ever seen one have wondered how or why people would go to be a studio audience for a cartoon. Yeah. How would you you realise that it's canned laughter? You wouldn't be going to like the live drawings of them, obviously. But, (laughs) you know, the assumption is that people have turned up there to watch it on a TV or something. The first go of the flip book of uh, the Flintstones. That's where they get the laughter from. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was wondering to myself, I wonder if anybody's actually thought this. I wonder if anybody ever wrote to Hannah Barbera to ask for tickets for the Pink I, Panther. If, if they Was didn't. it Hanna-Barbera, the Pink Panther? No, it wasn't, was it? No, uh, that was Depate Freely. But do you know what I mean? Though? Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hanna-Barbera used, used it frequently as well. I wonder how many letters they got from people saying, oh, I'd love to be, thinking, I'd love to be in the studio audience for the Banana Splits. Because that that's a live show. Looks as if you... It looks <laughs> as if you could be in the studio audience. Well, yeah, you... They should, they should have a studio audience for the banana splits. Yeah, you know. So, uh, that, that, like I say, that that was the thought that was going through my head. Though I was very interested in how if, if many. If they received no letters at all are... on that subject, dear Mister Hanna Barbera, can I be in the studio audience for Scooby Doo? If they've gone, yeah. if America <laughs> yeah, has gone was... from no one writing a letter that stupid to electing Donald Trump in this that period of time, that's a pronounced dissent, isn't it? Well, I mean, I did write down because this isn't just stuff that you know. This is stuff that came to me when I was watching it. Uh, I did write down that the Pink Panther was the height of this blurring because in the opening titles to the Pink Panther show, they turn up outside a theatre and go in. Yeah, that's true. They're implying that there is a studio audience in there watching it. <laughs> You've clearly given this a lot of thought down the years. I have given it a lot Was of thought. Was one of those letters maybe from you? Dear <laughs> Hanna-Barbera, dear... Dear the BBC. Dear, the ma- <laughs> dear makers of Inspector Gadget. Um... <laughs> I can't remember if Inspector Gadget had canned laughter on it. I don't think it did. I, I think, think Heathcliff had canned laughter on it. Might well Which have done. Just but, I mean, the, the whole like snide, really. Yeah, it's just such a weird thing because there's no way that these characters are acting this out in front of you. Well, no, <laughs> they're quite clearly animated. So why are you there? 
I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand why it's necessary to put a laughter track on this, something like this that. This episode of Fat Albert, a brief yeah. plot summary. The gang are going to put on a nativity play for the local community. Do a bit of rehearsal of that. And then old Mr. Tyrone, noted Scroogeish, Grinchy Grouch, turns up. How many times I told you kids you got to tear down this clubhouse? I, I don't know. Uh, we, 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 we thought you were keeping score. <laughs> I'm very patient with you, you whippersnappers. But Mr. Tyrone, us kids really aren't doing anything wrong. Ha! That's what you say. Every day you're here, the market value of my junkyard property goes down. Please, Mr. Tyrone, we... Who are you supposed to be? Well, um, I'm the Christmas angel. Christmas angel? Yeah, we're just acting out the Christmas story. Christmas? Sentimental tummy rock. I'm having this clubhouse bulldozed to the ground. You're not out of here by tonight. And then it turns out that just across the way is a, a, a stranded family and the father's lost his job and the house that they were going to go to has fallen through and the wife's in labour. And, of course, Fat Albert encourages them to come and shelter in the warmth of the clubhouse. Mr Tyrone learns a valuable lesson. Fat Albert saves the day. The end. Yeah, I mean, what they've done with this, in short is they've welded together and and this fucking this is this is Bill Cosby isn't it yes yeah. presumably wrote this and they what he's done is he's taken a christmas carol yep. and the nativity story and just kind of melded them together yeah and i mean i don't think that i mean i don't know what it was like in 1977 but i don't think that somebody saying my wife is going into labor would be turned away from hospital in the United States. They would just get a very, yeah, very large that bill. Was, that afterwards. was weird that they 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 sent. I mean, I get it. They're doing that to for them. He's doing that as a as a as a nativity story. Yeah, isn't he? But that's not how it works. How it works is that you you end up bankrupt over it. You know, I don't think they they're not quite at the level of 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 of, of allowing pregnant women to die in yeah. the street not not quite they yet. go to the hospital the city hospital bill and the expectant father and are basically told to hop it uh and yeah. then they they go back to the clubhouse and it becomes apparent that she's she can't move she's going into labor she's going to give birth there and the father looks quite worried because obviously this clubhouse is a wooden shack in a junkyard with presumably fairly unsanitary conditions. There's straw on the floor, or it may be, hey, hey, hey. Shut up. And, How dare you? And God. She's, and obviously this is echoing the, uh, the original nativity, of course, but she seems entirely unconcerned by this. She's like, well, you know, well, who dies of childbirth nowadays? The reason that people don't die in childbirth is they don't just have it in a yeah 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 I'm not, not under those not under those circumstances. <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore in barns. Yeah. Barns, it turns out, were one of the problems. That was one of the big problems. Yeah, 
I gave birth, all of my children I had in the illegally obtained clubhouses of youth gangs. And all my children turned out to be all right. So I don't really want to get unbelievably granular about the story because it it, it was just uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, it was it was really trite, wasn't it? It was obvious what was going to happen, and there were moments of mild but completely telegraphed peril. March, are you okay? Fine now, Ray. Where's Marshall and the other boys? Well, they went out to get some firewood and food. What about the hospital? They won't take us. We've got to go to the city hospital. But gee, that's such a long way. Then we better get going. Oh! Oh! What's the matter? Oh! Oh! oh. Ray! Ray, I just can't make it. Oh! 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 Yeah, uh, but I mean, you know, it's a kids' cartoon, so what and again, it's about you know? learning valuable moral lessons. I think that was the the idea, wasn't it? Fat Albert. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's just a straightforward. Um, like I say, that it's Christmas Carol. Yeah, I found his gang really annoying as well. Oh yeah, they are obviously idiots. Well, I mean, I I would suggest that it is true. I mean like everything that yeah everything that goes wrong in the episode is a is a direct result of their stupidity I think yeah that, that's um, true there's the one bit where he's agreed a deal with this landlord guy Mr Tyrone Mr Tyrone yeah and it looks like it might work they might have struck a deal which will actually save the clubhouse yep but then his mates come over and basically they're just going to steal all these free gifts from outside the shop. And understandably, this guy who has compromised and reached an agreement comes back to the fucking shop to find that they're, they're you know, arse deep in his stuff and fighting over it. And <laughs> unsurprisingly, he calls it off. Yeah. I don't understand why I'm supposed to feel sympathy with them at that point because that was entirely of their own fucking doing. It's not like it's their house. It's a clubhouse. <laughs> I don't know whether or not you, you're you aware of this, but Fat Albert's gang also had a band called the Junkyard Band. Right. Do you want to know who played what in the Junkyard yeah, Band? Yeah, go on then. Go on. Uh, Fat Albert was on accordion. Right. <laughs> Mushmouth Mush played bass. Dumb Donald, who was the one who's got the pink cap all over his head. Okay. Played trombone. Bill Cosby Bill Cosby plays the drums. Russell Cosby, his younger brother, plays the xylophone. Weird Harold Simmons plays the harp. Well, well obviously, of course and he does. And Rudy, of course, is on lead guitar. Yeah. Rudy is probably the, the most famous other character from Fat Albert because he's the hucksterish one who gets himself involved in all kinds of scrapes. But, oh, you know, right. okay. he's got a good heart. Like everyone in the gang, they've all got yeah. good hearts. But I yeah. think well, that they need Fat Albert to instruct them in the ways... Well, like I say, that, I mean, even right at the very start, they're trying, they're rehearsing for this nativity thing in this clubhouse. Yeah, and it, it's them that gets one of them dropped from the ceiling and through the floor, and it's like, yeah, oh, oh, right, okay, they're idiots then. Well, okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Then they've, um, they've got a pantomime moose. 
They have got a pantomime moves, yeah. I think that it seems to me, having seen one episode and one episode only of Falbert, that Falbert's gang have good intentions on the whole. And sometimes those good intentions need to be shepherded a little by the wise guiding hand yeah. of the morbidly obese Fat Albert. Yeah. But they're not the A-team. They're not a finely honed military unit by any means. Well, no, obviously not. Obviously I mean, they managed not. to they managed to get this sorted out and the baby was born safely and uh, his little brother managed to uh, be found. Yeah. But it seemed like that was luck rather than judgment. Maybe they get lucky all the time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe well, if you're good of heart, you deserve to get lucky all the yeah. time, and that's what happens. Hey, hey, hey. I think my issue with this program... Yes? ...is Cosby. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. It's Is it because he's a dirty, filthy... Yeah, it's funny actually. I was talking I was talking to somebody the other day about this. Uh and I was saying about how, you know, when it comes to celebrity nonces (laughs) and celebrity (laughs) sex cases, yeah. It's really difficult to simply separate the art from the artist sometimes. And I don't know how much consistency you can expect from people about it. In the case of, say, somebody like Chuck Berry... Okay. I kind of overlook the shit he did. I could say the same for John Lennon. A lot of people do with John Lennon. There are people still doing it now for Morrissey. They know who they are. Yeah, I mean, it's right? like a slightly different case in the... In the- between Chuck Berry and John Yeah, but, but the thing is, that with some people, it's so grotesque what they did, that I just can't get anywhere near it. Mm. And Cosby is right, right there. But, I mean, you could argue that also his artistic contribution is so enormous that it's difficult to deny that as well. In, in fact, everything that he's done, for good and bad, has been at the upper end of the scale. Yeah, I mean, it's he had to be cancelled. You did. know, I don't believe in cancel culture as a thing because it kind of gets a bit. Um, it starts to get a bit weird. But I do think that there are specific cases of specific people where it is probably for the greater good of everybody that their record is just wiped. And I think that Cosby falls into that category. He is a fucking serial rapist. There is no other way of putting it. The thing about Bill Cosby is I wouldn't... And actually, the same thing goes for Michael Jackson. I wouldn't want to see all of their art, such as it is, got rid of, but at the same time... yeah. It could, it can't, it absolutely can't, and it is only right that it ceases to be as ubiquitous as it as it once was. Yeah, I'm not talking about literally wiping every yeah, record yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from existence. Um, I'm saying removing it from the public sphere yeah. in every you know 
to to every extent possible. Ironically, we wouldn't have been able to do this podcast. We wouldn't have done this podcast. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't actually agree. Happened. Yeah. I've thought about this, and I, I, I don't agree with the idea. I mean, I think it should be there for people who want to. Yeah, no, see I mean, look, what I'm, what I'm basically, but basically, my argument is that, is that I think of it is ultimately a personal decision. Yeah, and so, like I say, that's where I think that the whole cancel culture thing is problematic. Yeah, it's a personal decision, and that if somebody gets rid of it all, then that removes the personal decision. Right, exactly. Yeah, but my personal decision over Cosby, yeah, is at the far end of that scale. Well, that is fair enough. I read um, a great big long doc. Uh, article about him on I think it was in the Atlantic but it might it might not have been uh, about him and his like his just his life story and his rise to fame and his behavior and I just I, I needed a shower afterwards do you know what I mean it really got <laughs> under my skin I had a documentary turn up in on YouTube in the like kind of recommendations and i watched that on top of it and i was like fucking wrong jesus it's hard to imagine really because the closest that we've got in british culture is jimmy savile but jimmy savile was never as beloved as bill cosby was because jimmy savile was clearly weird not right weird he he, He he was, was weird he was weird he was woolly everyone knew as noel fielding has once said he knew he was a pedo before he even knew what a pedo was. But here's a story for you. When I was in uh, junior school, <laughs> when boy. I was in, when this I isn't was going, in, this isn't started. When well. I was in junior school, they uh, uh, they they bagged thirty tickets for Jim will fix it. Whoa! Right? But there were thirty one oh, of us in the class, <laughs> and so they drew out thirty nine. And the one person, oh, no. unfortunately, had to miss out. And do you know who that person was? Was it you? It was. Were you disappointed? Not in the slightest. I thought he was a creepy fucking weirdo. <laughs> and there, and therein lies the rub. Because I won course... that raffle. Yeah. Everybody yeah. <laughs> was full of sympathy for me afterwards. Like, oh, I'm really sorry about it. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. And I was like... Don't care, mate. Fucking God well, for that. Don't put me in dungeon fucking meters of that but bill cosby was america's dad in many ways yeah i mean utterly beloved and he had crossed sort of the race barrier yeah it was a carefully cultivated um persona wasn't it this idea was that he was he deliberately tailored his act as a family oriented act from the start really more or less the whole thing in itself well, was an act in quite I mean, yeah, a literal yeah, yeah. sense. He was know? very good, but unfortunately he was also very good at the other thing that he did, yeah. which is should not be encouraged. Yeah, that, well, obviously, yeah. I mean, like I say, I don't like to be too censorious about it. But fuck that guy. But I mean, it's, it'd be, yeah, fuck that guy. And the thing is, it's like I, 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 I called Morrissey. Oh, blimey. 
a long time ago as well. I, I remember, because I, I didn't really like the Smiths, but the Smiths were all over my school, you know. Everybody loved the Smiths when I was like 15. Well, that's because you're from the time when everyone was into the Smiths. Yeah, and but the thing is that um, the thing that I really didn't like about the Smiths was Morrissey. In particular, his stupid curdled voice. Yeah. And... Um, the bits and pieces that I heard and the bits that I read, I used to get smash hits and then I used to get, like, the Melody Maker. You read things, um, you think, I, is this guy a racist? <laughs> I don't know whether he is or isn't. And then he, he did that thing at, was it Madness, Madstock? Mm, I have no where idea. Where he danced on the stage with a Union Jack. And I was like... Fucking is he is. That's not ironic. He's a fucking racist, Jesus. And um and that was like in the early nineteen nineties sometime, I think, or the mid nineteen nineties, you know, I wasn't that that particularly that old. And the thing is that the more and more he's been saying, more or less since then <laughs> the scales have been falling from people's eyes. Yeah. And it's just and he and he is and he's terrible now. He's just one of the worst people in the world now. You, and um it seems like you may have been equipped with some highly sensitive wrong and spotting apparatus yeah the the, the old the, the old nonsometer i'll tell you why it was it's because we lived in a in a place where i had to be on high alert about something like that all the time because as i've told you before i think quite possibly on this podcast the place where we lived from when I was 10 years old until I was an adult looked like a crime watch murder reconstruction scene. <laughs> yeah? yeah? It was next to an old railway track which had been converted into a pathway. Yeah. On the other sides of it were bushes and thickets and a fucking fishing pit that had been dug out of an old gravel <laughs> fishing pit. pit. Jesus I'd ask you to bear in mind that we actually lived in a scrap metal yard. Oh, yeah, obviously. The old railway station had been converted uh, into a scrap metal yard. The booking office was my dad's office. Did you... And it was still set out like one at the front. You walk in, there was like a little counter. As it should be. Did you Um, you feel a certain kinship with Fat Albert's gang? Because, you know, they're based in a junkyard... You grew up in a scrap metal yard. No, because my growing up experience was completely normal. Yeah. Except for the fact that it totally fucking wasn't. But I've refused to acknowledge that really throughout most of my adult life. I can't imagine a fishing pit without thinking of the spirit of dark water. I am the spirit of dark and lonely water. Ready to trap the unwary, the show-off, the fool... And this is the kind of place you'd expect to find me. But no one expects to find me here. It seems too ordinary. But that pool is deep. The boy is showing off. The bank is slippery. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's the thing, you see. So, I mean, you know, all this was... This, this is where I lived all the time. I also, it was in a fucking village in the middle of nowhere. To get to junior school, you had to walk across a field 
well, along along a road for a bit, and then over a bridge, over a dual carriage. It's an absolute mystery to me how you didn't get murdered every day of the week. The mystery is that nobody's here locally. <laughs> as far as I remember, people got on with their lives and just did whatever. I never thought twice about it. But like I say, as I've grown older, I've come to understand that actually the entire thing looks like a range of different sets for the same murder reconstruction. Yeah, yours. <laughs> you know, they can just take and pick, pick and choose, you know, have the bridge over the dual carriageway. Yeah, that'll make a good shot. He used to walk home from school over that every day. And then along the side <laughs> of the dual carriageway for a couple of hundred yards where there was only a field behind him. <laughs> it was honestly... Honestly, it was properly creepy. Your festive highlight from the Fat Albert Christmas show. Do I have to? There there was sort of, there was quite a lot of festive stuff, but it was all masquerading as social commentary. If you, I mean, I, Bill Cosby is not a very good story writer. (laughs) Um, But that mushing together of the nativity and... Uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah, was 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 entertaining in its badness. Yeah, I enjoyed the animation. I like the drawings. I think that the it could have been done a lot more cheaply than it was that cartoon. But they'd really, you know, there was a lot of design and effort that had gone into making uh, that thing look good. But ultimately, yeah. my my Christmas highlight of it was when he said "Hey, hey, hey" in a sad voice. <laughs> Oh God! And like I say, <laughs> by that point, I was so through with it that I couldn't find it funny, and I resent him for that. Well, there seems to be yeah, you've re- resenting Bill for a number of things. All we are saying is, give the convicted sex offender. <laughs> no, we're not actually. We're not saying that. But as a social document. I'm really pleased to have seen an episode of Fat Albert. I don't think yep. I'll be watching another one. No, I won't. Because God, no. it turns out the bloke who came up with the idea... Yeah, all right, all right, all was, right. Um, well, I don't, I don't know how to tell you. Anyway, yeah. uh, what have we got tomorrow? Tomorrow? Tomorrow, I'm breaking another rule. I know, you tomorrow. break the rules all the time and it's starting to yeah. make me wonder whether or not there are any rules at all this stupid podcast there's only four left now yeah you know only four i we've done very well and the, i'll tell you what these last four i know fully well that at least two of these are dog shit well <laughs> so, you know. yeah I and mean, one of them one so of them let's, is let's... Abs- is an absolute horror show but i cannot wait to watch it again yeah um, yeah and yeah. the other two the less said about the better. Yeah. Um, but yeah. first of all, first of all, I think it's from about 2006. I'm not sure. Okay. Which, let's not forget, is 14 years ago. Uh, and it's it's a, it's a Yo Gabba Gabba Christmas special. I'm, star- yeah, I'm starting to suspect that you're picking these things now so that you can watch things with your children at the same time, thus saving. Well, well I have seen five minutes precisely of Yo Gabba Gabba and I found it absolutely baffling and brilliant 
So I am really looking for. I'm. I've actually slipped. I. I might have slipped in a good one for us. So. I've never. I've never seen Yo Gabba Gabba, so it's all going to be new to me. Right. You might find that I've slipped in something really good here because it is what I've seen of it. The very little I've seen. It is obviously it is designed for like preschool kids. You know. Yeah. Fair warning. But I am quite stupid. But it's it's so far as I'm aware it's. It's television programming by for preschool kids by maniacs. So um, it may well be an interesting watch. Certainly, it it, it will make the uh, temples side of you throb. Well, so you know, yeah. there's something to look forward to. And then, and then we've got three more to go. Three more. Just to go. three more to go yeah. after that. So. So excited oh about that. <laughs> so excited about it. Uh, anyway, right. That's it. Over and out. Uh, we'll be back again same time tomorrow with Yo Gabba Gabba. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.